All right, everybody, welcome to episode 141 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I'm with my co-host with the most, Drew at DR underscore PRA. Drew, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, so good to be here uh, talking some football again. And like you mentioned just before, we're getting close to seeing some live action. And then uh, just a, a few days away from seeing Hard Knocks back, which for me is that, that signals football is back. Let's go. Motor City, Dan Campbell. They, someone put out a clip today, and I was like, I just need to watch this before like anything that I do. Like, Go to work, watch that. Start the pod, watch that. We should actually we'll probably get in trouble with HBO or something, but we, that should be the clip that just starts every episode of this before we even do our spiel. Just Dan Campbell pumping us all up and getting getting the party started. But like Drew said, it is football eve. Like this is it. Like there is not going to be another week without football until February. That that's just so good to say. It warms my heart. I love the off-season, or as our leader, Dynasty Outhouse, will say, the non-point scoring season, because we're never off if we're doing this the right way. But uh, I love it when those games get played, too. And before we get started, before we do what we do, we got a very special guest. We got Mark Shue at Primetime Mock. Mark, how you doing? Josh, Drew, it's great to be here. Uh, just listening to you talk wax poetic about, about the season coming up, it, it gets me so excited. Uh, like I said, I've already got a couple of my DFS lineups set up for, for the Hall of Fame game tomorrow night. Uh, and I'm ready oh, sure. I'm ready for this season to really just to start heating up. Uh, we probably shouldn't watch this game, but uh, we can't help it. We're, we're going to watch whether it's a quarter or a series. We're degenerates. We we just want to see guys in pads, NFL players doing their thing, and it, it it's going to be a good time. I'm not going to lie. It's going to be a good time. Whether I watch it for a minute or I watch all four quarters, it's not going <laughs> to matter. I just It's going to make me happy that football is back. But, Mark, before we get into everything, I, just let everybody know who you are where they can find you and what you're up to. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Primetime Mock. Uh, I do a summer industry mock draft show where I put together everybody from the fantasy community, and we do different style mock drafts every week. Sometimes we'll do position-only uh, position drafts, or uh, we'll do a top 60 draft or sleeper and flex drafts. Uh, and really, we sort of focus on talking strategy in a roundtable form Uh to talk about certain aspects of, of drafting strategy uh, based on whatever the focus of that draft is. Uh, you've, you've been so great to come on the past couple of years. Um, I, I thank you for that. We're lo always looking for new people to come on. Drew, I've got to have you on sometime here soon. Uh, and then as I turn into the season, I'm, I'm putting together this reality competition, Fantasy Fantasy Football. It's a DFS and fan season-long fantasy uh, guillotine-style league. Uh, the quick way that it's set up is basically Thursday night. We have an we have a immunity showdown where 
Uh, we play a DFS lineup. The winner is safe for the week. You play Thursday to Sunday night. Monday night players are ineligible on your season-long team. Uh, and then the lowest score after Sunday night, uh, you go into a Monday night eliminator DFS showdown, and the loser of that goes home, and we cut players one by one week after week until there's one player left standing. Uh, and this was this past year, I piloted the program, uh, piloted the season, and uh, got a lot of really good feedback. I'm really excited to push out um, our our first official season. We've got a lot of players from coming back. We are also accepting applications if people are interested in signing up for the league. If you go to my Twitter, Primetime Mock, you can sign up. Uh, you can go to my pinned tweet. You'll see a video of last year's footage, which is is really cool. Uh, we had a lot of game footage and just just cool football life sort of moments in there. Uh, but also, there'll be a sign up you can click, and you can sign yourself up to uh, to possibly win. First place this year is actually a five thousand dollar prize. So, if you're watching, if you're listening. If you got some personality and you got a whole lot of fantasy skills, put put your application in. I I remember watching the clips that were on online on Twitter last year, and it was such a cool concept. It was, and I'm going to date myself here a little bit. It was like real world meets Survivor meets. <laughs> Fan, just every fantasy league you've ever been in with a bunch of friends and for some of the younger people that maybe don't know what uh, what real world is, think of it as maybe a slightly classier form of Jersey Shore. Um, but it was it was cool to uh, to just see the clips. It looked like everybody had a ton of fun with it and hey, this year, get that application, and if you can survive, if you can make it through the DFS showdowns, the season-long play-in play games, then you can have $5,000. And listen, I don't know about anybody else, but I feel like almost everybody could use an extra $5,000. So That's right. uh, yes, please. So get, get those apps in. Uh, do something to make yourself stand out. I'm not going to tell you what it is because I, I don't I – don't, Look! Look for any of this stuff. That's what Mark does. He he looks at all that stuff. But put a little personality into it. Show show your uh, show that you could be on and you could be uh, five thousand dollars richer. But now that we we've introduced our uh, our great guest, let's get into the news. I always say this: it, it's tough in April and May when we go to the news some weeks we don't even have news because nothing has really happened but now things are starting to ramp up especially with training camps going on now you're really starting to uh really starting to get into some some big time news so i'm gonna i'm gonna read through it as fast as possible uh anybody can stop me if they want to uh first one here baltimore tight end charlie kolar is i think he's actually already undergone the surgery to address a sports hernia um, Coach Harborough there in Baltimore said similar to what Rashad Bateman went through last year. So we'll see. I know that was kind of a tight end uh, dynasty uh, sleeper there in rookie drafts going in, you know, anywhere between the third and the fifth round. So we'll see. Uh, hopefully you can get back healthy and get back soon. Uh, 
Rams wide receiver Van Jefferson has is gone on undergone knee surgery and questionable for week one. So uh, we'll see. I don't know if that means that uh, we see more uh, passes going to the running back. Does that mean we see the emergence of a two-two Atwell? Do we get more tight ends into it? I don't know what it means, but uh, Van Jefferson could kind of pull like a 60-yard reception out of nowhere when you least expect it and kind of uh, flip the field real quick. So it'll be interesting to see how the Rams uh, overcome it if uh, he if he's not in for week one. Uh, this one broke my heart. Uh, Denver wide receiver Tim Patrick tears his ACL out for the 2022 season. Eh. I, I, I'm, I'm a big Tim Patrick fan. Yeah, he, he's never going to be wide receiver one. It's never what you draft him for, but there's always that guy on your bench who you're like, oh, man, this could be good flex play this week. And you throw him in, and a lot of times he does exactly what you want your flex guy to do. You know, it's never 35 points, but, it, you know, a lot of times it's not three points either. So, you know, it's – it's unfortunate. We'll see what the Broncos do now. Um, you know, KJ Hamler came off the uh, the pup, so now he he's there and he's practicing. Uh, you know, does this mean more for the tight end duo of uh, Alberto and Greg Dolchit? You know, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, my boy Javante just you know gets a few more passes thrown his way. You know, free Javante, yes, as, as I always say. I gotta get that shirt made and uh, and just wear that every week until. Uh, we free Javante here. Um, next one here. Now, now we're going to get to some better news. Uh, Seattle wide receiver DK Metcalf has signed a three-year, $72 million deal with $58.2 million guaranteed. It's actually an extension. It's not a contract, so I apologize for the misspeak there. But uh, DK Metcalf is going to get paid. Very curious to see for... 2022 what they do at the quarterback position because it seems a little odd you're paying you're paying Tyler Lockett a good bit of money now you're paying DK Metcalf a good bit of money and it would be a real shame if it was Geno Smith slash Drew Locke throwing them the ball I mean it seems kind of like uh seems kind of like putting premium gas into a uh you know a geo metro, you know, I mean, you can do it. It's fine, but it's probably not the best use of resources. I think ultimately this is like, it's the least they could do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're, you know, even if, if they're not going to get a quarterback, they might as well pay the man, you know? Um, I don't know if they're going to, I can't imagine. Like it's so close to the season now. Like how, like how soon are you putting somebody into an offense and just like saying, all right, let's roll with you. Like is Jimmy G, gonna get cut like week one and then just decide to go to the Seahawks like I don't you know I don't I don't you know it's hard to hard to see any of that happening like I don't know it it's it's tough for me honestly I feel like it's just like let's let's pay DK I think ultimately they know they're probably looking to find a quarterback in next year's draft um but again if that's the case you might as well pay your like your talented players that are gonna at the very least sell you tickets it, you know and it's funny because i hear people say that you know like well jimmy g's not going to go there because they're trying to tank and i go this is the weirdest tanking strategy you keep like 
what a 74 year old Pete Carroll is head coach. You don't trade Tyler Lockett, who's a little bit older. I get not doing anything with DK. Obviously, he's young. If you're tanking, you want young, talented players. Yeah. But, you know, you keep Rashad Penny. It's like, I, it's just so weird the the way, if, if it's a tank. And that's what makes me think, like, it's not a tank. But it also seems like they don't want to pay anything for a quarterback. So, it's a, I don't, I can't, I can't break it apart in my head how, how this is working but i don't think it is a tank in in some respects and the, actually so i'm a i'm a tortured knicks fan and this reminds me a lot of the phil jackson era a little bit <laughs> uh where where phil was like not willing to he was not willing to like sacrifice uh giving up draft picks anymore because basically the knicks were, were like out of draft picks he yeah. wasn't go, he basically he wasn't going to settle for certain things but also he knew he had Carmelo Anthony and James Dolan probably made you know he made sure that Melo was going to be on the team and you can't not go for it when you have Carmelo so he built it to make it look like they're they're competing and then it just all falls you know it yeah. falls to the wayside yeah. that's that's kind of what I think is going to happen where they're making it look like they know they're I think they're just sort of almost putting like a smoke and mirrors to like the next year a lot of these teams you can't sell to your fan base like hey we're going to tank like a lot of teams they, you know, everybody needs that hope springs eternal kind of feeling for for uh, for their team as as a fan, uh, and I think obviously they're they're gonna put their best foot forward, and they're you know I think it's gonna be Geno Smith who actually ends up being the starting quarterback for them, um, and they're gonna they're gonna do their best. They're gonna do the same ground and pound run game, win six seven games, uh, sort of thing that they've been trying to do with Russell Wilson. Although I don't know how well it's gonna work without a without an actual talented quarterback. But they don't really have any other options. So, so you know what I mean? Yeah, so there's not and, much. And that's the part that, like, is crazy to me. Because you said they go win six, seven games, and then they take themselves right out of any chance of getting one of, like, the top three quarterbacks. So it's like, okay, cool. You did just enough to not get the one piece that you think you need to become a, a playoff team again. So it's like, it's, a, it's weird. I can't break it out in my head. We'll see how the season goes. Maybe they're smarter than us all, and, and Geno Smith <laughs> slash Drew Locke can can get them ten wins, and I'm an idiot, but I, I'm I'm not seeing it right now. I, I I'm really not. Um, and right after that, San Francisco wide receiver Debo Samuel signs a three year, seventy one point five five million dollar fifty one point eight or excuse me fifty eight point one million dollar guarantee extension. Uh, Good for Debo, and you know, good for DK too. Great, by the way, I didn't say that, but obviously, I'm all about these guys getting their money. They Abs- absolutely they yeah. play a brutal sport. Their career, you know, their career length is you know nowhere near the average Joe who has to work, you know, forty or fifty years. You know, if you get ten years in the league, you that's a major accomplishment. Huge, um, and. It's kind of cool because we, you know, we heard at the beginning of the offseason, Debo was like, go trade me. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to do this running back thing anymore. I just want to be a wide receiver. But there are a lot of uh, a lot of incentives uh, based on rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. I mean, he can make millions of dollars for getting to, I think it's 380 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns. So um, there's actually a lot of his money at stake 
based on him rushing the ball. So we'll see uh, how much that happens with uh, now Trey Lance behind center, uh, the, you know, 17 running backs that San Francisco always has. Uh, the names change, but the number stays the same. Uh, so good, good for both those guys. I'm glad they both, um, I, I'm glad they're both getting paid. Uh, this doesn't change my opinion of either one of them, uh, but good for them. And then the, the last one, Drew, we must have had like what, like five straight Ridiculous. weeks, six straight weeks where it was like, Hey, uh, Deshaun Watson did this. Oh, there, there's more accusers. Oh, wait, he just, he just paid, you know, ten people off. He just paid five people, you know. And this is kind of what this was all building up to. What was the suspension going to be? So on Monday, Cleveland quarterback Deshaun Watson uh, was suspended six games by the judge that was hearing the case. And a lot of people got excited because they were like, all right, it's a number. We know. And then everybody was like, oh, hold on, like five minutes later. Hold on, everyone. The NFL can appeal this. And everyone went. <sighs> okay. So uh, they had three days to appeal it. And that actually, that time period ends tomorrow. But multiple sources have said that the NFL is going to seek at least a one-year suspension. I even saw one source that said that they want an indefinite suspension with a one-year minimum. Um, so I think they officially are appealing at this point. Right? They are officially I mean, appealing. I think the amount of time is what's in question right now. Uh, more, And apparently, I've, heard, I've seen multiple sources say that there's going to be a monetary fine involved as well, which I don't know if if anyone has been suspended and had to pay a monetary fine, it's usually one or the other. Um, so this could be a first, I'm sure somebody will reach out to me and be like, no, so-and-so had to do this, you know, five years ago. But I, I honestly can't remember a player both getting suspended and having to pay a fine. Um, and, and also I, just, if I, yeah. if I can just add real quick, this mm-hmm. is, this is an unprecedented uh, case here in oh, the yeah, NFL. Yeah, both, both yeah. with the the uh, the volume and just a horrific sort of uh, act, sort of in yeah. in question, and then on top of it, uh, there's a hundred percent a gaming of the system here with the Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson Cleveland quarter uh, quarterback contract that he just yeah. signed. So it it's not just that it's not just that the uh what what he's being accused of is in question it's also that they're kind of expecting that he's going to be fine or he's going to be suspended for the year and so they made it so his contract is so low that he can just sort of still make all the money that that was in question now i i will say uh, i've heard a lot of people say this and, and i've actually done some research on this if you look at the top 10 highest paid quarterbacks um, at least according to to Spotrack, uh, pretty much all their deals are structured the same way. I think Josh Allen got paid the most his first year as a base salary. It was either four point five million or six point. I don't have it in front of me. Um, now, obviously, none of those other guys had the issues that 
Deshaun Watson was coming into. So obviously, besides it kind of being standard fare, I think obviously, you know, there was a wink deal between Deshaun and, and Cleveland and said, hey, you know, you can pay me a million dollars this year. If I lose it, who cares? Because he's getting $45 million in a signing bonus this year, which won't be touched. You know, obviously, if there's a monetary fine involved, that's, you know, completely different. But at the time, no one even thought a monetary fine was going to be something that we were talking about. So, um, but, I mean, it's, I, I said it at the time, I think, I thought it was shocking that, the, you know, everyone is kind of on the Browns now. But we kind of forget that when this was all going on, the Browns weren't the only team involved. And actually, the Browns oh, had, yeah. quote-unquote, quote, lost out on Deshaun and then made a pitch back to Deshaun to get him to sign. He had told the Browns that they were out, that, nope, sorry, it's between Atlanta and New Orleans, I think, were the two teams that were left standing. And they flew to Houston or wherever he was living at the time, and they they had the owner there, they had the GM there, they had president CEO there, they had the whole squad saying, Deshaun, why don't you rethink this? We can do a lot for you. We'll give you $230 million guaranteed. And Deshaun was like, well, I mean, who who's going to turn that down? Exactly. And, and I think that's what kind of, you know, reinvigorated the, those discussions. But, yeah, there, there were multiple teams involved. This was not a one-horse race by any means. It, but the Browns, quote-unquote, won, but really lost because – I mean, if he's suspended for the year, fine. He's suspended for the year, but you know, you're gonna have you're gonna have you know the majority of fans. You know, you have to go on the road. I mean, Cle- Cleveland going on the road to Philly. Good luck, Deshaun. They they are gonna be in your helmet for forty eight minutes, or excuse me, for for sixty minutes. And like, they, like, I mean, go to New York. There, I mean, there are just some fan bases that, and forget about the. I mean, even in division, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Baltimore, Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, shoot, like it, it's it is not going to be good business. But um, they made their choice, and now they have to uh, they have to live with the consequence. And you know, now of course, you know, people are saying, well. Deshaun can appeal to federal court if, you know, it's a season or an indefinite suspension, which that that opens a whole nother can of worms. We've seen Ezekiel Elliott go that route. We've seen Tom Brady go that route. Um, it never ends up well for the player, but we've we've seen that Deshaun Watson is going to fight whether he should or he shouldn't. He's going to fight. So. It'll be interesting to see if maybe uh, this stretches on for the season and his suspension happens next season where he's owed a little bit more money and, and he loses those paychecks. So, uh, yeah, I don't see that. I don't see that happening. Like, I think he's he's either going to be suspended or he's not this year. Is how sort of how I feel about it. But yeah, it'll yeah, be yeah, it'll be interesting because if he, it I will mean, be if he, if he does go, if he does go to court, even if it ends up being set at a year suspension and you know the the federal trials over by week six he's got to do a full you know 17 
NFL week. So that, that will drip over into next season. So it's almost like if they come down and say it's going to be a year, he's got to take it if he doesn't want to put paychecks for the next season at risk. And that, that'll be an interesting play to see what Deshaun decides. You know, do I just give up these – I forget what the what the paycheck amounts are, you know, like 55,000 a game mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, or does he, you know, start risking the bigger paychecks, you know, next year when the uh the payments balloon in year 2. But it'll be fun to see, not fun, but it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens with all of this, you know, and when we thought it was over, they just they pull us back in. Um one That's more right. thing, um not ending on a good note here, but on kind of a better note, I guess. Um, Miami Dolphins, they lose a first-round pick in 2023. They lose a second-round pick in 2024 uh, for tampering. Um, if you all thought that the uh, Tom Brady, Sean Payton, mega team that they were trying to build was just, you know, the media having nothing to talk about, you were wrong because that's what they lost the picks for. Apparently they uh, they were talking to both of those players while they were still under contracts with their respective teams, and the NFL found out about it, and they are slapping them on the hand. And the craziest part is, is that even losing a first-round pick, Miami still has San Francisco's pick, so they, they will, barring a trade or something else, they will be picking in the first round in 2023, just not with their own pick. And Listen, I mean, it's weird that Miami got caught because I feel like everyone does this. I, I, you know, I kind of feel like, you know, you're getting towards the end of the season. You know what your team looks like. You know what your team needs. You know, it's going to be a free agent or maybe is unhappy on on their current team. And, hey, you know, what would you think about coming to play for, you know, put insert name, team name here. And, Obviously, you know, the the timing of it, everybody says, was a little suspicious because, you know, we talked about that for, you know, about an hour and we didn't talk about the whole uh, the whole Watson ordeal. But, um, yeah, uh, owners suspended, which is kind of like putting a rich person on house arrest. Like, okay, cool. Like, they'll they'll just watch the games from their lock out of their main mansion or their mansion or their private plane or whatever they're doing. They're, they're, they're not, you know, they're not really. They'll be on the boat on Sundays instead of, you know. And he's getting fined 1.5 owner, Stephen. I'm blanking on his last name now. Stephen Ross. Thank you. Uh, $1.5 million. Uh, Dude's a billionaire. He probably found that in the couch cushion and just, you know, sent that to the, uh, sent that to the league office. So, um, Miami doing some crazy stuff, but the news is over. Let's go to the timeline. It's what we do best. This is what we love to do. And the first tweet here is from Ryan Devaney at why don't even try FF. I'm so much more likely to trade away a player in dynasty when I have them across multiple leagues. Thoughts. As this is kind of the age old question. Do you get your guys and have a, uh, high share of, you know, high share of your guys, your favorites, or do you diversify? Are you, you know, as, uh, as brothers on our DAT network here, Scott Sidlow would say, uh, diversify the portfolio, you know, only have, you know, 
20 to 25 percent of a player and if you get more you start trading them away so you're not uh, overextended um mark since you're our guest why don't why don't we start with you do you think it's a good idea to just get your guys have the guys you like if you have a lot of them who cares or are you kind of more hey let's uh let, let's keep the percentages down so that if a guy busts out we're not uh we're not overly committed uh, so I'm definitely more of a diversification guy in my redraft. I mean, I'm more of a redraft guy than, than I am a dynasty guy mm-hmm. overall. Uh, but I would say I diversify a lot more in in like redraft best ball than I do uh, in dynasty. For me, I only have I only have uh, three dynasty leagues. One is a one is a contract league. That's like my main focus dynasty league, and uh, I'm really more about getting my guys um, and and getting players that I really like, I believe in and, and building around that. Um, I do, I do think it's good to diversify. I think it really depends on how big your portfolio is for each side of, of fantasy. I think if you, you need to have a redraft, you probably have to like, however big you, you are about it. If you have a redraft, a best ball, a dynasty, if it's, you know, if it's only one or two dynasty leagues, I think you're fine getting your guys. If it's, if it's 10 dynasties, yeah, you should probably, you should probably, uh, diversify a little bit uh or even more Uh, but for me it's yeah it's more like it's more how much i you know how much i have invested in each in each format all right drew it was good hearing mark from from more of the redraft perspective because we're the fantasy timeline even though we talk mostly dynasty we do like to talk you know some best ball sometimes some redraft and I mean, it's August, so we've turned the calendar into redraft season now. You know, people are getting those leagues together. They're drafting. So um, it's good to have a little of a, re- of a redraft focus in there. But, Drew, uh, you play mostly Dynasty. What do you think about this? Is this, you know, get your guys, love your guys, who cares? Or is it, hey, let's, you know, let's be smart about this and let's diversify the portfolio? <laughs> Um, yeah, funny that you said, let's be smart about this and diversify. So I guess I know where you stand. Uh, as far as uh, redraft goes, I, I totally agree. I mean, we're in so many eliminators for the best ball and the charity and stuff. So I definitely spread, spread those teams out. Uh, and that's the fun every week in the, the eliminators go and see which, which team builds are, are still surviving, which ones still have a chance. Uh, but for dynasty, uh, I, I probably do a little bit of a blend. I would say overall, I probably diversify. I don't want to be overweight. Uh, in too many positions on too many teams. But I'll tell you this. It, I can't get Josh Allen on enough teams. I'm a Bills fan. I'll take him. If he, you know, God forbid, misses eight games this year for some reason, fine. I'll, I'll live with it on however many teams I've got him on. Uh, but that all that to say, I'm not going to try to make as many positions across my league's match as possible. Uh, I've, I've pushed past that threshold. I think I'm at like 25 or 30 dynasty leagues at this point. So I'm past the threshold of being able to have any kind of continuity that's meaningful. Um, so, uh, running back, I, I'm fine to diversify. I mean, you and I both love Javante. So I'll, I'm probably the heaviest in Javante right now for running back, getting him mostly in rookie drafts, um, for wide receiver. I mean, I, I've loved Justin Jefferson since the beginning. So I've got him, uh, the funny thing is that, I, I don't know, I guess I'm a little, as Michael Scott would say, a little suspicious, right? So there's only <laughs> so much of, of Justin Jefferson that I want to have. I'm trying to get more Jamar chase and kind of balance it out. Cause I think, you know, my heart says Jefferson, but my brain says Chase as far as where who I want to have kind of leading that wide receiver room. Side note, uh, if you can't get Chase, then I, I love the value of where Higgins is. So that's the diversity that I really enjoy, too, is 
you know, finding some of those teams where there's two really good options and, you know, whether it's redraft or dynasty right now, depending on where values are for a, a duo like Waddle and, uh, and Tyreek, you know, get whichever one's cheaper. You know, that's one where I would say go by the numbers more than unless you're just an absolute, you know, Dolphins fan and you have to have one or the other. But yeah, I think in, in general with the volume of the leagues that I'm in, I will try to spread things out as much as possible, but I'm also, I'm also a fan at heart. So there are some guys that I just, you know, I'm just not a huge, huge fan of that person or how they play maybe or of the team in general. Like I don't have a ton of Ravens. I don't know what it is. I just don't, I'm not a Ravens fan. Um, it's not like I'm, you know, I'm an AFC East guy for the bills. So it's not like I'm a Bengals or, or Steelers fan or something like that. But, uh, so there's things like that, that I'm, I'm a little shying away from, but overall I'd say I'm probably 80 to 90% diversify. And if there's a guy or two that you really like, go get them. This is fun. Unless this is your day job and this is how you're feeding your family or something like that. And kudos if you're, you're good enough to do that. Um, but make sure it's fun too. So it's make sure when you watch the game on Thursday or Sunday or Monday night, you have something to somebody to root for as well. So definitely get a couple of guys you like along the way. So I want to, before I give my answer, I want to bring this up from, uh, from our man, Jesse. Uh, I'd be way too sad if my guy blew up and I didn't have him no matter how much of him I have. And that's, that's kind of the, the tightrope we all walk. Cause if we really believe in this, yeah, screw the Patriots, Jesse <laughs> and no Patriots, um, you know, that that's, that's the, the, the tightrope we have to walk because if we really believe in a guy and we go, you know, I really believed in Javante last year. I got him in I don't know how many leagues in rookie drafts. I was just like, Javante, no matter what, and got him probably in the majority of my leagues. Um, listen, it's one of those things where it's like if he blows up, I – I made, you know, I made the right assessment, but if he stinks, I got a whole lot of Javante that I can't do anything with. So it's, uh, it, it's that tightrope. And Drew said, Hey, I think I know how you're going to vote on this based on, uh, saying that diversifying is smart. I'm going to go the other way. And I think this is, I think this is, you know, we always talk about rebuilds versus contenders, you know, I think this is um, having fun versus money. And you can, ha- you can do both. You can definitely do both. But listen, if this is just pure enjoyment, you don't mind putting in your, your league dues every year, and you're trying your, your best, but you're like, listen, man, I want a bunch of Javante. I want a bunch of Saquon Barkley. I want a bunch of, you know, whatever, whoever your favorite player is. Debo, he just got paid. Get me more shares of him. Then grab, you know, get those guys in, in as many places as possible. Because guess what? Every week when you put Javante, Debo, Saquon, DK Metcalf, whoever that guy is into your lineup, you're happy. You're like, listen, Debo might go, you know, three for 30. And you're like, oh, you know, terrible week. But, man, when you put them in your lineup, you're like, I feel good about what I just did. I'm happy about it. Now, obviously, if this is like kind of like Drew said, if this is a business, if, if this is, you know, calculations and spreadsheets and all that, then, yeah, don't don't go heavy on anybody. Because like like Drew said, you know, Josh Allen, if he gets hurt and he misses six weeks, well, if you have him on, you know, 80 percent of your teams, 
that could torpedo you in 80% of your leagues, you know, depending on what your roster builds look like. So, um, you know, I'm more of a have fun with it. You know, obviously I'm trying to win every game. I'm trying to win every league that I'm in. I'm trying to win every championship, but I like my guys. I want my guys. Get me as many shares of my guys as possible. And, you know, if once you get into enough leagues too, you know, unless you are of the mindset, like I'm going to trade anything to get my guys. I don't care if it's a severe overpay or not. You're just going to have that natural diversity anyway. You know, I'm in, I don't even know how many leagues. And I probably don't have more than 20% of any one player on any of my teams, just because I, you do startups, every startup is different, you know, and, and I'm, I'm so value-based that even if it's a guy I love, I am probably not taking him two rounds early because the value in me is just like, that's not where the value is at, get the value. And hopefully you can circle back to that, but you know, it's how it I is. Think, I think, uh, a lo- the good thing about having a lot of leagues is you end up liking a lot of guys, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, uh, you can you can easily still do a little bit of both where you're diversifying yeah. and still having a team you like. And for me, dynasty, most of the fun is in the off season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot more. You're a lot more incentivized to trade if you're trading for guys you want. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? So, so I I dynasty is much more of a stock market and. It's long. There's a long-term plays are more valuable than than obviously in a redraft league. Right. So so it's hard not to have an opinion on a guy that you're and not willing to to wait a little while for them. You know what I mean? So so yeah, I would say stick to your guns if you if you have guys that you really like and you believe in. Um, it's but you know you have to you have to be good you have to be quick to get out if you see like if you see other things you know what i mean it's yeah. it's a constant it's a constant shuffle uh and if and if you see something that that changes your opinion you've got to move on quickly but really like it doesn't mean you shouldn't be going for the guys you want mm-hmm. yeah yeah Love it. that's the beauty of the the season long right is you get a redo next year um so yeah. go after the ones that you want or if you have a belief take a risk in them this year have some fun with it so yeah, yeah. I mean, and we're seeing that in like Scott Fishbowl, where people took the gamble on Alvin Kamara, you know, dropping to the fourth, fifth round in a lot of situations, and people were like, "Well, he might get six games," and now it looks like you know his trial is not even starting till October. So, any suspension that could be coming down is probably not coming till twenty twenty three. So, you know, those are you know those are things you know. I, I took Alvin Kamara in SFB, and not because I, I love Alvin Kamara more than any other player, but I was just like, okay. Like, it's gotten – I think I took him at 412. I'm like, this value is ridiculous at this point. Like, I think Alvin Kamara will be better than the 48th highest scoring player in fantasy, you know, if he plays 17 or 16 or whatever it is. So um, – the, the value is there and a lot of people are getting, you know, rewarded for that. And as we're seeing with Deshaun Watson, you know, a lot of people might not get rewarded if they took him early and he's suspended for a whole season. So you have that natural kind of back and forth, but one of my, uh, Scott fishbowl, uh, group mates, I can't remember who, who actually drafted them, but, uh, went, 
went Kelsey Andrews first round, and then and then ended up taking Kamara and Deshaun Watson late. So so <laughs> I'm like I'm like waiting for for all of us to be screwed. You know, like if it, like if somehow Deshaun plays and Kamara plays, we're all probably just screwed. Uh, I mean, I'm I feel not... pretty good about I feel pretty good about where I, my standing in that league. But it's a yeah it. When when the the Sean Watson news first came down, I was like, "Well, yep. this isn't good." Like, <laughs> yep, took Zach Wilson over him as my QB three. Was questioning that for about forty eight yeah. hours. Hey, you're good now. You're good. Um, all right, let's move on to the next one here. Tommy Blair at FF Tommy B. What movement is happening near the bottom of your roster as camp opens? So th- this is a very good question because you hear a lot of analysts talk about the churn, those last three to five spots on your on your dynasty bench, you know, hopes and dreams, third, fourth, and fifth rounders from last year, uh, guys that maybe you saw a deep dive article on that you took a shot on and you're looking at them and you have third, fourth, and fifth rounders this year and you, there's more deep dive articles. So, Drew, let's start with you. What are you, what are you doing with those bottom spots how are you churning what movement are you uh are you taking part in yeah i mean i'm, I'm definitely uh getting back into you know who do i want to drop what do i feel good about leaving out there for a little bit i think as a theme i'm looking for any of those running backs that are you know third on their depth chart right now and just seeing kind of the first couple of days of injuries here realizing that you know just a reminder that there's so much that happens whether you know it's in in live games whether it's in preseason uh, and right now, you know, almost no contact going on. We're still seeing, you know, guys like Tim Patrick getting hurt and stuff. So uh, I, I'm definitely looking at loading up uh, running back depth and holding on for the first few weeks where I can. So if I can find, uh, you know, a guy that's third on the depth chart, maybe somebody that's, uh, you know, undrafted that's making, that has a possibility to make a team, I'm looking at those kind of guys. So that way, you know, if something shakes out in the next two or three weeks, they've either got more depth or I've got more uh, trade capital, right? Uh, quarterback, I'm not too too worried about. I've got what I've got there. There aren't too many rookies this year, or you know, depth depth guys that I'm looking to make a move for at this point. And then uh, same thing for wide receiver. Tight end is tough, especially for the dynasty side. I mean, we took our shots in the draft in the, the third, fourth, and fifth rounds on a, a Greg Dulcich and and Charlie Kolar, and uh, well, I can't think of the guy out of uh, the Giants tight end. Um, Daniel Bellinger. Yeah, Daniel, Daniel Bellinger. Bellinger. Daniel Bellinger is on is on all my rosters right now. So awesome. Yeah, I've got a couple. I've got a couple others that that I I really I've been just using as like as like bottom churns. Like right now, uh, especially with um with with Tim Patrick going down with the ACL. Obviously, there's KJ Hamler, but Montrell Washington has been having a good camp. Drafted in the fifth round this year. Uh, so he's a guy that I'm willing to pick up and just like watch through preseason, right? You know, I think yep. right now, like this moment, those last few can be who, who can you find under waiver wire running back depth? You know, Michael Carter just, just got hurt in camp. So maybe you have pick up uh bam Knight, Zonovan Knight, uh, as, as like the third guy on the, just the bottom yep. of your roster churn, like all those kind of players that you can, you can say like, okay, there's a path maybe to some opportunity here. And then let's watch them in preseason. What's what? Let's remember their names. Watch them. Watch them through the preseason. See how they do, and see if we're willing to keep them through uh, through the roster. Or better yet, have somebody else who's a little bit hyped about them ask to trade for them, 
and and you you just clean up on a guy that you just picked up off the street. Yep. Yeah, you both brought up really good aspects of it. Um, Drew, to start with yours, look at depth charts. See where the rookies are, especially if you're talking about a team like the Giants. We talked about Daniel Bellinger. New coaching staff, which means the rookies that came in this year, that coaching staff is saying, okay, these are we like something out of these guys. They're talented. They have traits that we want. You know, look at look at guys like that. You know, um, and then also, as was mentioned, look at injuries. Um, a guy that I actually put a tweet out today about uh, for the Cowboys, uh, Simi Fioko. James Washington goes down. Um, it's not looking good for uh, a return. Okay. So it's obviously CeeDee Lamb is the number one. No one's going to argue that point. Who's the number two? People go Jalen Tolbert, obviously. And I love Jalen Tolbert. I love the pick at the time. But rookies are rookies, and they are unpredictable. Um, Simi Fioco, fifth-round pick last year out of Stanford. Height, weight, speed guy, 6'4", 220-plus. Um Ran a four 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 forty. I'm not going to say that three times really fast. Um, so a big guy can run fast. Does he have his drawbacks? Obviously, because if he was a perfect specimen, he would have went in the first, not the fifth. But you look at and you go, okay, who's the guy at the end of my bench? Guess what? If Simi Fioko stinks or Jalen Tolbert is amazing and he locks down the number two and then Michael Gallup comes back, Cool, you cut him for the next guy that has some traits. But like look for look for things like that. Look at depth charts. Another guy that I've been hearing, you know, some buzz, and it's a little bit of buzz, but it's buzz. You know, running backs on the San Francisco 49ers. They got a million of them. And guess what? Almost every year they use all of them for one reason or the other. Uh Jordan Mason. Another guy. Just hearing small buzzes, they like him. They like him. He's moving well. He's kind of doing what he's asked. And if he, you know, you pick him up. If he makes the fifty-three, great. If not, week one, there's going to be some guy no one ever talked about that you're going to want to spend some fab on, and you need a guy to drop. Up, oh, all right. You know, he didn't make a roster that that Jordan Mason that I had some some hopes for, and you know, I did that years ago in a league with Jeff Wilson. I saw an article, looked good in camp. Um, MFL didn't even have him in the player list. I had to reach out to them and go, hey, can you put Jeff Wilson on your player list so I can pick him up? Yeah, no problem. They put him on, and I picked him up. And, you know, it was a 16-team league that was super deep, which is the only reason why I was even looking at him. But, I mean, Jeff Wilson has been a usable guy, you know. So, um Listen to the news, you know, another guy, Drew, said you can't get quarterbacks, and this guy may not pan out to be anything, but the Cleveland Browns signed last week. They signed Josh Rosen. Well, if Deshaun is out for a year, it's Jacoby Brissett, and if Jacoby Brissett gets hurt, which quarterbacks sometimes do, it's Josh Rosen. Now, it may not be good. You may pick the guy up and never start him and, 
you know, Josh Rosen averages 142 passing yards a game for the time he's in there. And then you go, all right, guy stinks, you know. But at this point, it's lotto tickets, right? It's lotto yeah. tickets at the end of your bench. You're not, you're not going out there expecting to find the next, you know, undrafted free agent star that no one knew about. You know, you're just like, hey, can I find a player that maybe I use for a couple weeks in the flex? You know, and that that pays for itself. Yeah, I I agree. Honestly, it's you're looking at, you know, the back end of your bench. You're looking at picks like 300 to 360, right? Like we are we are way outside of cracking the lineup even uh or likelihood yeah. of cracking the lineup for sure. Mm-hmm. So any any real path that you can that you can make uh, like good camp good camp buzz I like I like to see uh, that that's a reason for me to for me to speculate on a guy and then just watch through the preseason. Like there's not there's not many reasons uh, that are out of bounds in picks three hundred and beyond, right? Like any any narrative you can craft for a player, like based on just some good you know some good camp hype, some what whatever it ends up being. Ultimately, we're gonna find out when the season comes through. You just want to sort of place bets on guys that have. That you know, it's it's like picking really long odd futures. You know, hundred to one bets. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't. They're not really likely to hit. But if they do, it's you know, this is how it's going to happen. And if you believe that that's a path that can happen, then yeah, then then put the bet down. Yeah, exactly. Because you have to. You have to anyway. I, I love I love that analogy. I really do. All right, let, let's move on to our, our next one. And, and Jesse has been vocal in the chat, so I'm glad we can uh, we can talk about his question here. This is from Jesse Shot at Jesse Shot. If you have a team in rebuild for a 24 championship push, a 2024 championship push, who are some guys you're looking to acquire now that may have value for that push? So we're we're going into the future a little bit. We're not looking at 2023 guys. We want those guys in 2024 that are going to be big money players for us. So, who wants to start? Or I can start. It doesn't doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't have a ton of names, so I'll throw a couple out there before uh, smart guys take all of mine. <laughs> uh, you know, for a couple of years out, you know, I'm I'm looking at young tight ends that haven't proven anything yet, or maybe haven't had as much success as people were hoping for. So. I'll still see and kick the tires on a guy like Cole Komet or a uh, Pat Firemuth and see, you know, maybe the quarterback question marks in, in Pittsburgh will get you a little price break there. Um, I think a lot of the folks that listen to us in the dynasty side are, are playing more in the tight end premium space too. And depending on what that premium is, you might be able to steal something now. Um, you know, especially if you're, if you're really rebuilding for 24, are you going to, are you loaded up on 23 first and stuff? Or, you know, is it really just, I've got to wait until then because I've got some developmental guys that are I'm waiting on, or maybe it's a Devi league where I, you know, I've got a few guys from next year that I've already got in my taxi squad, but tight end's probably where I'm starting to look right now. Um, so a couple of those names come up. I'm trying to think of who else out there. Um, as far as any other position players running back so hard, that's the last spot to fill, right? You're hoping to, yep. to hit on that next year or 24. Um, outside of that, you know, I, I'll take a shot on uh, you know younger wide receivers that maybe are are in tough spots. 
Uh, you know, maybe some people are getting um, impatient with Jameson Williams right now. You know, seeing him as listed as out on the roster. Uh, you know, maybe he's not. They're not demanding whatever the value was for the 106 or whatever it was that they used on him in the rookie draft. And you can wait out, sacrifice the points, and who knows what they'll have at quarterback in 2024 as well. We talked a lot about the longevity and what we really see for Jared Goff there. So those are probably the first couple that come to to mind right away. Um, but yeah, what about you guys? Jamison Williams was like the first guy I thought of when I when I was thinking of yes. this list. He, he was so like, good. yeah, uh, yeah. That that was the first guy I had in mind. Uh, obviously, any any of the twenty. Uh, 21 receivers that you might like uh, that are still kind of going a little lower than like I think Rashad Bateman's probably at his lowest at his lowest price that he's going to be for be in a while um, even though I mean I know it's he's like he's still sort of bordering on that wide receiver three board borderline I have him I have him pretty solidly as a wide receiver two for me um, I, I really like Jaden Waddle although you're going to have to pay up but again like if you're real like if it's a true 24 rebuild again like you still want to get guys that you know that are that are going to be there you know uh, later on down the road um i would say other than that really guys that maybe um like maybe a guy like godwin who who maybe have a little bit uh, of a of a depressed price right now coming off of the injury that he'll definitely be healthy like full on next year i don't know if i do that right away but like i think there's going to be a point early in the season where people are going to get frustrated with him not being like a full participate participant in you know in all the snaps that are you know I, I, as a receiver or something like that that you might have a like a low a buy window for a guy like that um but other than youth i would say guys that that are really cheap right now because like they because people maybe think they're old like maybe even deandre hopkins like a guy who's a a late season push that you can trade for yourself in 20 you know going 23 and 24 um i I know that sounds you know what i mean like guys that guys that have depressed value right now that can that by the end of the season will have value and people will want to trade for again uh and then yeah just youthful guys that you believe in yeah uh mark i think you, you nailed it on the head uh when i saw this one uh Jamison Williams, that's a great one. Uh, wide receiver two on the Buffalo Bills. Um, I, I think I think that's a great one. I said what I said, Drew. You don't give me the look. Wide receiver two on the Bills. Um, or not Jamison. That's Jamison Crowder. Sorry, I'm thinking the wrong Jamison here. <laughs> like, um, you gave me that there? look, and I was like, oh, he's definitely a wide receiver two on the Bills. Um, but, Mark, you nailed it. Um, either go for young guys or, like, those wide receivers that are like 26, 27 this year, that in 2024, we're going to be like, they're old. They're, they're not good. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're talking about 28-year-old Amari Cooper. Like, he can't, you know, run routes anymore. Uh, we've hated Brandon Cook since the beginning of time. I don't know why. He's good. He's just good every year, but we don't like him. You know, so kind of look at those guys where you're like, all right, 25. 26, 27, and 2024. Calvin Ridley, anybody? Calvin Ridley? Yeah. Calvin yeah. Ridley, why not? You could probably get him for a song. For a third? You know. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and watch watch guys that get hurt, you know. And, and it, it seems, you know, seems kind of more, not morbid, but it seems sad to say, like, hey, but, like, Tim Patrick. 
yeah, he's not he's not one of your starting three, but he's down he's down with an ACL. What's that going to cost you right now? In twenty twenty four, that that guy could be a guy you're flexing every other week. I mean, you need guys like that on your team. You know, you can have all the, you know, we were mentioning before the Jalen Waddles of the world. And yeah, you need those players because if you want to win, you need studs. But you also need, you know, some depth and things like that. You know, um, look at, you know, look at 23 picks. You know, if you're going to go the running back route, especially with the, the running back class that's supposed to be in 23, you know, but. You know, look at, you know, we, t- we talked about him earlier, Jalen Tolbert. If you like him now, then bet on him for 2024, especially at the end of this year. Let's say it's a down year for Jalen Tolbert. First year, he's a rookie, uh, you know, a lot to learn. He just doesn't perform. Buy low on him and go, all right, I'm, I'm waiting for this guy year three in 2024, not year one in 2022 so uh mark i think you nailed it either get young guys that you like that maybe other people don't or go with some older guys at wide receiver is a position i would say or tight end but wide receiver definitely because those are going to be guys that are going to be um they're going to be lower valued we do it every year we find whatever guy just turned 27 or 28 years old we officially say he can't play ball anymore and, you know, yeah, sometimes those guys are washed, but sometimes they just play really well because they're super talented players. So I, I think what happens a lot in Dynasty is, is this time of year, there's a lot of speculation. Like, I still think it's kind of crazy that, that people really want to be, like, out on Kelsey, like, start trading him away this year. Because I, cause if he's, honestly, if he's healthy... This year, he makes it all the way through the season, which I don't see a reason why he wouldn't do that. Uh, is he not, like, you know, are you not willing to trade? Like, if you're a team that's contending, are you not willing to trade first-round picks to get Kelsey at the end of, at the end of this year? Probably. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's not, I you know, I see people, I, I've seen people saying, like, oh, get out now while you can. I get the idea of, like, maybe not wanting to lose the player or lose the player's like draft pick value that's like tied to them. But there's also a lot of value in just having, having that player that when they are productive and you like, if you're rebuilding, you need leverage like that. You need that kind of, you need that leverage. So people will give you a little more than a little more than maybe they should um, for, for whatever reason, you know, if you, if you're looking for, I would say Kelsey, if, if you have any, you know, if, if people are trying to get out on Kelsey, I would say pick him up for, pick him up for a song and then try and then try and trade him when he's being productive and you're, and you're a contender. Um, at, you know, it's, it's tough to like, to find your way through a rebuild sometimes, but there's, there's a lot of different things you can do. And ultimately like those kind of like things where you're getting guys for cheap and then able to like flip them. Calvin Ridley, that's another really great one. Um, yeah, Elijah can, Moore is another name that came to mind. You know, some of these competitions here. Like you said, some of those 20, 21 guys. Um, and then thinking about tight ends, right? Darren Waller, a guy who is – the number is high, but the tread is fairly low for that position, knowing how long it took for him to really get into his own there. So, um, 
And, and honestly, I think 27 is like, I mean, I know he's not 27 anymore, but like 27 is when a tight end's career begins, to be honest, yeah. when, I, when you think about it. Like, like playing into their 30s is not really a thing. Or it's not really like a bad thing. So I know that I know that we get all stuck up on age, but you know, also like we're waiting for so long for these tight ends to bloom, and then when we do, that we just want to sell them. It's yep. just, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to call uh, back, uh, call back to you know, we've talked about Bobby Cash's advice too. Like, go and play for those twenty-four first now. So maybe nobody's going to give you a twenty-three first for Kelsey right now, and maybe you want to shed the points because your your league does potential points, and you really want to make sure you get a good pick next year. Okay, well, maybe somebody's more willing to let go of that 24 first or a package that includes a 24 first and really get yourself loaded for bear. Because, again, Josh has mentioned it before. You don't have to wait until 2024 to make that pick because at the end of next year or into next year, that 24 first is also going to be really valuable when you get a guy that maybe is injured or something like that. Drew, that is such a good point, too. Like if you, So if you are rebuilding for 24, I think shooting for 24 picks is really valuable uh, because ultimately – if your if your goal is to be a contender by then, you still want those picks that you can that you can make more trades or twenty four and twenty five almost feel like picks that you can you can go for uh, because you want that capital to be able to make trades when you get to that moment where you are a contender because things are going to happen right things are gonna things are gonna go bounce bad from here from time to time and you still want some capital uh, so if you can get discounts on on late on on late futures too. Yeah, go for that. So I, I do want to bring this up because Jesse's in the chat, so he's kind of he's listening to us and then responding. Um, he traded Kelsey for two twenty three first and a second. Wow, Listen, you're you're, going, you're you're building for twenty four. Do love that. that. Like that's yeah. that's I that's, don't even that's great. I don't even care if it's pick eleven and twelve. Like it it doesn't matter to me because that. 11 and 12 can turn into seven real quick if you want to trade up in the draft. 11 and 12 can turn into a couple of players that are doing well right now and you think are going to keep doing well. Young guys, we talked about guys like Elijah Moore. We talked about guys like Jameson Williams. And those are guys that we may be like, wow. like That was Justin Herbert and Justin Justin Jefferson in some drafts a couple years back. I, I will say this, I will because it may be the best rookie draft I ever had. I had two first round picks in a league. I had pick uh ten and pick twelve um in a fourteen team super flex league. One ten, I was going back and forth between Justin Herbert and Justin Jefferson, and I said it's super flex. I don't know. I think the guy between my picks will take them. I tried. I even tried trading up to 111 to ensure I got both. Couldn't get it done. I went with Justin Herbert. I tell you the truth, I can't even remember who went 111. And Justin Jefferson was sitting right there for me. I got Herbert and Jefferson in the same draft at 110 and 112. Um, it's probably the finest piece of drafting I've ever done in my life, <laughs> uh, which is why I mention it anytime I can. Uh, but yeah, and you know. There's so so much can be done with those picks, and I, you know, obviously the second is involved too. So that that's doing a 24 rebuild right. That's awesome. Yes, I love Kelsey too, and I I think all of a sudden the you know Mark Andrews blew up, and I I think Mark Andrews is amazing, phenomenal, but it's almost like all right, Mark Andrews is the one now. Everyone else except Kyle Pitts stinks, and it's like no Travis. 
Kelsey is still pretty good, and there's no Tyreek Hill, and there's a lot of question mark at the wide receiver position on that team. Uh, Travis Kelsey could easily retake the tight end one this year and not look back. So, and um, the other part, the other part about it is like when, what year, what year do we predict Kelsey's going to be outside the top ten? You know, like what, like. Like, like I, I can see he could be in the top ten for the next five years. For all, I'm not that top ten is like all that amazing, but he still could be a valuable tight end for the next five years, even if he's not a top three tight end. I honestly think if we're if we're using top ten as the benchmark, I think he retires. Yeah, you know, I think you know, 2027. Let's just say exactly. Uh, Travis Kelsey is still you know tight end ten, and then we hear uh, Travis Kelsey retired, and we go, all right, well. He's not tight. He's obviously not tight in 10 anymore. But um, yeah, I think that's one of those things where he'll retire before we see him outside of the uh, outside of the top 10. So let's move on to this next one here. Uh, This is a fun game that I want to uh, I want to play with you guys here. And it's from uh, Peter Cardinal at the underscore fantasy gold. He said, all right, let's play a game. Everyone give me your my guys, but you can't use Jalen Hurts at quarterback, A.J. Dillon at running back, any wide receiver that is drafted in the first three rounds, and Dalton Schultz at tight end. And the good news about this is that I wouldn't have used any of those guys anyway, so that, that works out for me. Um, he, he, Peter picked Joe Burr at quarterback. Aaron Jones at running back, Darnell Mooney at wide receiver, and we spoke about him earlier, Cole Komet at tight end. And then I love I love his ending here because I think it kind of slapped him in the face after he wrote it out. He says, shit, I have two bears. Um, that's that's what the team, the way it's currently constructed may not be uh may not be the best thing, but hey, you never know until the games are played. Uh so I'll go first here. Um Friend of the show, uh, he will be my guy until probably he retires. Kirk Cousins, uh, the man is always there for you. He's Mister Dependable. You can you can have him babysit your kids. Nothing nothing's gonna happen. And I love I love Kirk Cousins even more this year because we we got rid of the grumpy, defensive minded, ground and pound offense. We, we, we don't have it anymore. We don't, we don't have, we have someone from the Sean McVay tree. He's going to be out there having O'Connell former quarterback in the league. And, you know, may, may, you know, they do have some guy named Justin Jefferson heard. He's good. You know, Adam Thielen, the guy catches, you know, uh, double digit touchdowns all the time. Uh, Irv Smith broke his thumb. Who knows about Irv Smith now? Is happy about him and Dalvin Cook. He he hurt his hand. I hope he's all right. Um, but but they have some some weapons there. If they're you know, if Kevin O'Connell can can you know have that beautiful mind thing going on and, and create an offense that can be high powered. So um, you got to like the fact that Kirk Cousins was always like QB twelve to fifteen in a ground and pound offense and. You figure he's going to air it out a little bit more. So I took Kirk Cousins. Uh, Zeke Elliott at running back. Uh, I'm going to keep saying it. The guy 
just ends up as a top 12 running back every year. And people go, but he's not efficient, but he's not this. I said, all I know is he doesn't get hurt. And guess what? You can get him as your RB2, sometimes your RB3. This isn't a guy you have to take in the first round. Look at the ADP. He's like running back 18 off the board. Like, you don't have – you want to go zero RB, you might get Zeke Elliott as your as your RB1. But he's not a guy that you need out there to get you 20 points every week. Or if he is, you know, you went zero RB or you just did something terribly, terribly wrong. But Zeke Elliott, guess what he's going to do? He's going to be top 12 this year as a running back, you know, barring injury. And he doesn't really get injured. So um, next one, uh, Devonta Smith. So, Peter, I have two NFC East guys, if that makes you feel any better. Um, But Devonta Smith, we've just decided that A.J. Brown is – going to just take every target from Jalen Hurts and no one else is going to get anything and uh, listen we don't know AJ Brown coming into a new offense uh Jalen Hurts and Devonta Smith obviously have some chemistry because you don't get to uh, over a thousand yards receiving by not having chemistry with your quarterback so uh I think he's a guy that we're kind of dismissing because the big splash move was made. Um, but I, I like him, and I think I, I like him more than a lot of other people, and I'm I'm quite fine with that. I think he's going to have a very good year. I think he'll you know end up in that wide receiver two range, and uh, for somebody outside of the first three rounds, yeah, I'll take that. And then last but not least, uh, we go. Um, this is actually my all NFC team. Uh, I just realized to the NFC West, we got Zach Ertz. At this point, Zach Ertz might be the uh, the number one receiver uh, on that team until Hopkins gets back. Hopkins down six weeks for uh, for P- PD suspension. Uh, apparently, Hollywood Brown. Is just going to drive a hundred miles an hour everywhere. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. I don't expect them to miss games, but you never know what kind of stuff will get you in a coach's doghouse. And you know what we know about NFL coaches, they are petty. So if you're in the doghouse, it takes a lot to get out. So if Hollywood ends up there, you know we might be talking about San Bernardino Brown again, and you know we're trying to figure out what's going on. So. Um, that's my foursome. Um, Drew, why don't you go next? Who's your four of my guys? Are, are we doing this for this year, like redraft, or is it? does it matter? You do whatever you want, All Drew. Right. This is your show. You do Stop. whatever you want. Uh, let's see here. I, I feel like this is uh, – Peter's got an interesting blend there with Aaron Jones mixed in. Everybody else seems a little bit younger. But uh, as far as um, – we'll, we'll treat this like uh, – a redraft since we've got Mark with us here. So if I were to be able to go back and do Scott fishbowl again, uh, <laughs> quarterback, um, I would be looking at, I, I like Kirk cousins. I think Matthew Stafford is the way that I'm going to go here for this year. Uh, love, love what they're, they're building there. And uh, you know, I, I like Stafford. I love that he got out of Detroit and got a chance to go to LA in sunshine and, and have uh, get a super bowl shot. For running back, um, 
you know, it, it is it is wild to see how late you can wait on running back this year. Um, so for me, it's it's Josh Jacobs right now. I don't care about what the future holds for him. You look at uh, the offense around. They they added Devonte Adams, of course. There's going to be uh, less less instances where he's just going to be stuffed at the line with a, a bunch of defenders there because they're going to have to respect Adams and Renfro and Waller still. Carr is a capable enough quarterback to make you be honest, uh, especially on some of the short and intermediate stuff. So I give me Jacobs as my uh, – if he's my zero RB, RB1, because I'm taking him in the sixth, seventh, wherever he falls to, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, wide receiver outside the, the top three rounds. Um, this might be cheating a little bit depending on what ADP is. I don't know what redraft looks like yet. Uh, I mentioned him earlier. Give, give me T. Higgins if he's there, uh, you know, in the, the 40s in the picks. Um, I think there are some some drafts where he's definitely going into the fourth and maybe even early fifth sometimes if people are just sleeping because they've got all the chase hype. Uh, and then for tight end, uh, I, I, I do love Zach Ertz. Um, I'll go with another Eagle, though. I, I do like Dallas Goddard still. I, I'm curious to see how the Eagles play. I know some people are – he's a little bit polarizing, but he's athletic. Uh, he's shown flashes where he can make you pay and take it to the house. He's not just a red zone target. Um, so I'll, I'll throw a, a Goddard in there as well. All right. Uh, I just wish they would give, uh, old Matt Stafford more weapons. The guy, guy just doesn't have, uh, doesn't really have much around him. I feel bad for him. Uh, no, nah, I, I love your, uh, I love it top to bottom. I'm not as in on da- Dallas Goddard as a lot of other people, but you know, if, if Jalen Hurts can put it together, uh, He's got weapons too, so Dallas Goddard could definitely be a part of that. I do think right, Stafford Mark. will make something good at A. Rob this year. So, folks, if you want another another guy that's out way outside the top three rounds, uh, you could do worse than A. Rob. I hope you didn't just take Mark's guy there with, with your your last minute outburst. But no. we'll uh, we'll shoot we'll shoot it over <laughs> to Mark. Mark, who are your my guys? Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a two for each, and I'm gonna give you a high and a low. I really like Lamar Jackson for me as my as my high end QB one. Uh, he's he is QB two for me right now behind Josh Allen, uh, and he's usually going as like QB five. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you could take him there. Moving back to Trey Lance, I think ultimately right now he, he with his rushing ability, his ADP is going a little too low. I understand that people are are worried about about him, you know. Uh, as a quarterback, but ultimately the rushing is going to be enough that that you're gonna that it's going to sustain, uh, and that offense is high powered, uh, and I think he's just gonna be he's gonna be just fine there. Uh, could ultimately still has upside to be uh, in the top three or four quarterbacks at the end of the, at the end of the year. So those two there, uh, running back. I didn't go too far. I didn't go too far down for either. But two guys I really like are Aaron Jones. Uh, Again, I think he's probably going to lead that team in the in the reception column at the end of the day, probably. Uh, and uh, the other would be Saquon Barkley. I think he's fully back now. It's looking like he has he is explosive. If you're seeing him in camp, ultimately everybody who's been around him is saying it's it's completely different than it was last year. Uh, and if you listen to guys like Dr. Edwin Porras, who's actually going to be on our show tomorrow night on Primetime Mock, uh, says that really uh, that that. After the ACL, uh, that injury proneness is not really. First of all, injury proneness is not really a thing that that he he prescribes to, but um, a guy, a freak athlete like Saquon Barkley, is probably not uh, 
is not prone to that to that uh, uh, reaggravation or anything like that. That's that we're going to see this year. I think he's healthy. He's ready to go, and and he's just a freak athlete. So I'm I'm feeling good about that. Wide receivers: Cortland Sutton. He's a guy that I have in my top twelve. I don't draft him that way, but uh, he's going. I think he's going in the fifth round right now. Uh, way too low for me. I love the connection that he's already sort of building with Russell Wilson. Uh, I think he's got the upper hand on being the, the wide receiver one there in, in Denver for him. Uh, moving back to Kadarius Toney, uh, going uh, like in the ninth round, I think, right now. Uh, don't, you know, you could draft him as a wide receiver four, wide receiver three, but he does have upside to push himself into a wide receiver two based on how he sort of looked on the field last year. You hope that he could be a little more consistent. Um and then finally, I really liked Ertz and Goddard. You both gave me, uh, you both made it hard on me. So I'm going to go even further down my list, and I'm going to say Robert Tanyan. Uh, I think that ultimately there's continuity with Aaron Rodgers, uh, which there's not a lot of that uh, in his receiver core anymore with Devontae Adams gone, and he was a big time touchdown scorer and re- and and first down uh, secure for Rodgers in the past. Uh, he's gonna re- he's gonna be relying on guys he can count on. I, you know that he at the very least can count on Tanyan. He's he's he has the trust there, and uh, he's going so late right now. I don't know what it is, but he's it's double digit rounds, and uh, if he's a if you're really punting at tight end, I think he's a perfect candidate. Yeah, uh, I love I love all that. It'll it'll be interesting to see what happens in Green Bay. I mean, there was some uh, some hype today about. Uh, Romeo Dubs, uh, I believe they took him in the sixth round. Looks like him and Aaron Rodgers maybe have a little bit going on. But like, who is going to be the wide receiver one on that team? Like, is it Christian Watson? I really haven't heard anything about that. Does Romeo Dubs come out of nowhere? Is it Alan Lazard? Like, there's just there's so many question marks. So why not take that gamble? I'm not a Tanyan guy, but like Mark said, if you're punting it, if you're like, hey, I'm not taking a tight end till the 13th round, the 14th round, get yourself some Bob Tanyan. Worst case scenario, I'm right. He's not any good. And you just do what you were going to do anyway, which is just hit waiver wire, see what happens, see what guy comes out of nowhere. Or Mark is right. And Aaron Rodgers goes, I I don't even recognize any of these guys besides Alan Lazard and Aaron Jones. And in the red zone, it turn it turns into the to the big shot Bob Tanyan show. And uh he, like he does what he did, what was that, two years ago, three years ago, where he mm-hmm. just had a plethora of touchdowns and you're just you're just laughing your way to the bank when you when you're cashing that check for all those league fees you just won. So mm-hmm. And if it, and if there's anything true that we know about Aaron Rodgers, is that it takes him a minute to build chemistry. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the Green Bay doesn't help him out that much with 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 the <laughs> the wide receiver capital they put in. Uh, although they did they did draft Christian Watson uh, in the, in what the second round this year. Yep. Uh, but it does you know he he's a guy who who really puts trust and and sort of invests his time in his players and. Ultimately, Bob Tanyan was in the top six tight ends two years ago before he tore his ACL. I don't see why, especially when 
when you're looking for guys that that Aaron Rodgers can count on, like he just seems like a guy to me that's like right there and an obvious like tough. I at a tight end position, obviously, if I'm not if I'm not at the top end, I'm not asking. You know, I'm not saying he's going to be uh, you know a top three tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're when you're punting, uh, honestly, there's a lot there's a lot worse you could do than than Robert Tanyan, and uh, and ultimately. He's he's shown he you know I think his last he had eight touchdowns two years ago, um, and he again if you're looking for trust from Aaron Rodgers that's a guy that I know that he trusts. And, and redraft when it comes to tight end I uh, I ascribe to the old Ricky Bobby if you ain't first you're last if I'm not taking the first guy off the board the rest of it's for the birds i'll wait until double digit rounds i'll see what's going on and i'll take you know i'll take a bob tanya you know i'll see who else is hanging out you know brevin jordan you know a guy that probably is not you know gonna get uh you know a lot of love and redraft you know guys like that where it's like all right listen if i'm right awesome i, I just you know i hit this lotto ticket and if i'm wrong well i took a guy in the 13th round I planned on churning the position anyway so I'm not really any worse uh for where than when I started but uh we got one more left um Drew kind of ruined it because he he mentioned one of the guys in the poll but uh this is from Big Bank Sports at Big Bank underscore sports which running back would you draft if you wouldn't draft one who do you think finishes with the most fantasy points so you're on the board. These are the three top guys in the queue. Who are you taking? Antonio Gibson, Josh Jacobs, or Elijah Mitchell? All right. Drew, why don't you start us off on this one? <laughs> Where are you going? Who is your guy? We may know already, but maybe we don't. Who do you got? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty – easily with Josh Jacobs out of this group. I think he's got the most consistency and I think he's got um, you know, the, the most opportunity at that position. We'll see what happens in, in Washington. Um, I know we were, uh, I like Brian Robinson there. I think there will be some action for him fairly early on. Uh, we'll see how they manage Gibson's workload this year. Uh, and then Elijah Mitchell, I mean, you said there's there's 15 different running backs there. And now we have Debo that's staying on with incentives to rush the ball and Trey Lance, who is is a freak athlete. So, um, yeah, Josh Jacobs pretty easily out of that group for me. And most likely, I, I probably get him the latest out of that group, too. Uh, that's a good one. So we can go here for Josh Jacobs. Mark, who who do you like out of the trio of Antonio Gibson, Josh Jacobs, and Elijah Mitchell? So I think especially with uh, Gibson is dealing with a hamstring injury right now in camp. Um, and just I feel like his the news on him just for the past couple months has, has moved him down and down my boards I, to the point where I'm pretty much out. Unless I'm, unless I'm going zero RB, he's like my first guy. Uh uh, like Drew said, but again, if, if Jacobs or Mitchell are there, I'm taking them. Um, I know J- Josh Jacobs doesn't have like the best rapport with the fantasy community, and he doesn't care about your fantasy team, but who cares about that? Uh, ultimately, I think that offense is going to just be a little better this year. 
um, and he's still going to be the main. He's going to be the main guy uh, carrying the load. Uh, I if there's a pass catching back, you know, if, like if Kenyon Drake like still like continues to have that pass catching role, uh, that might eat into eat into it a little bit. But again, at this point, all three of these guys are are kind of committee guys, you know, or at least you have to surrender that that's a possibility with all of them. Um, for me, I would say Mitchell is would be my favorite, uh, but it's probably a pretty close dead heat between Jacobs and Mitchell. So, is your vote for Mitchell then? Let's say to be to to contrast you, I'll, I'll go with Mitchell. Ultimately, neither of them really catch and pa- neither of them really catch passes. They're both going to be on offenses that I think are going to be good involved in, ga- and they're both going to be involved in their offense. So. It's kind of, again, like these are, like Drew said earlier, they're like perfect zero RB, like starting running backs for me. Um, but, but yeah, I would say they're real. I mean, though I think about players like th- these guys are, are really very close for me. So th- this is, this is a very tough question for me because there, there's two guys on this list that I love. And there's one guy on this list that I've just been very meh about. <laughs> Antonio Gibson and Elijah Mitchell. I, I've talked those guys up since day one. Uh, I've, I've loved what they've done last year when people were using first-round rookie picks on Trey Sermon. I try to stop people. I really did. Drew knows. I was out in these streets. I was trying to warn people against it. I said – if you like Trey Sermon, just take Elijah Mitchell like three rounds later in your rookie draft. Just do that. And some people came came on board and other people told me that I'm not that smart. And I mean, I'm not, so I get it. But Elijah Mitchell, he came out there. He did his thing. Trey Sermon was in the doghouse and then he just wasn't good. Uh, so two guys that like you know i could really just like make big bank sports here drive up a wall and just go antonio gibson and then we'll split it up three ways and then you know take whatever advice you want but not gonna go with the two guys i love i'm gonna go with the guy i've been met on josh jacobs um i think he has the best offense around him um Derek Carr I think is a good quarterback um he's not elite but he's good obviously they bring in Devontae Adams that's I mean that's so clutch they still have Hunter Renfro they still have Darren Waller uh I know a lot of people are going to yell you know what about Samir White what what about Samir White I mean honestly uh, a fourth round pick, you know, do you think he's going to do enough to take a bunch of touches away from a guy that they're going to run into the ground? They didn't pick up that fifth year option. So they have really, they're not going to have any hesitation to give Josh Jacobs as many carries as humanly possible, throw him as many balls as they possibly can within the offense. Um, and, you know, they have Josh McDaniel, uh, McDaniels, you know, I just have a weird feeling he will know 
how to uh, draw up an offense to maximize Josh Jacobs, even though obviously they're not re-signing the guy. And I, you know, I think they're doing this the right way at the running back position. Get your four years out of the guy, you know, um, year four, run him, run him into the ground. Let someone else pay him big money. And, you know, they'll have Zamir White next year. If they want, they can use another pick to get another guy in or bring in a free agent and keep churning. Uh, just keep churning that position because that's kind of what the NFL has turned into. So um, we got two votes for Jacobs here, one vote for Mitchell. But Mitchell won this poll um, at 37.1%. Uh, Josh Jacobs in second at 34.9, and Antonio Gibson uh, rounding out, rounding it out at third, 27.9. And, you know, I think they um, – I think the fantasy community has always loved Antonio Gibson more than the Washington commanders have loved Antonio Gibson. Uh, they never seem to want to make him uh, the guy by himself. J.D. McKissick, they draft Brian Robinson – um, you know, it, it's, it's a thing. They, they yeah, have he's something. Been, he's been plagued with injuries too, like throughout his yeah. foot injuries. And just, I mean, he, I, he's always been like when he's, when he was on, you know, there was that, I remember that Cowboys, I think it was a Thanksgiving game where he had like three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You remember yes. that? I do and remember then, like, that. And then the next the next week, I think he like broke his foot. Yeah. Um, and like he has su- like he had such a hard running style, but I think like it's it's hard to like sustain. Um, and I think I think the the uh, the Ron Rivera he's he could be Christian McCaffrey uh, quote that he gave his fr- his his rookie year really threw fantasy people into a tizzy. And uh, and made it like oh my god this guy you know <laughs> this guy is gonna be amazing and uh, and now it's sort of like well he is a good you know he is a good rusher I think he still can, again he can produce if he can if he can stay healthy but I think ultimately now they're looking like okay well it's gonna have to be a committee um, and yeah it's it's hard for me it's hard for me to want to be part of a committee and an offense that I ultimately I don't believe in in the first place. Oh, one hundred percent. Cool question here by by Steve and Drew already answered this. Uh, but if they don't bring Josh Jacobs back for twenty three, where do you want him to get his second contract? That that is a very interesting question. Um, Drew said Buffalo. Drew's always going to say Buffalo. Um, but that's not what the Bills do at the running back position. They just take second and third round picks every year forever. Um, so, uh, but it would be fun to see him in that offense. Uh, Mark, is there an offense that you see him in uh, that you think could be uh, pretty cool? Uh, so three, so three kind of come to mind for me. Uh, one would be one would be the Patriots. I think that's a that's a pretty seamless uh, mm-hmm. fit for them. They, they, I mean, Josh Jacobs is a pass blocker. He's you know they, they Bill Belichick loves him a pass blocking running back, and uh, and so and on top of it, he's a good rusher. Um, I could easily see him with the Patriots. Uh, I could see him with the Dolphins. I could see him going to the to the Miami mm-hmm. Dolphins. Uh, they might. I would could easily. 
I imagine they would draft a running back next year, but it doesn't mean that they wouldn't bring in like a solid veteran that they could just have a two person committee, right. uh, as opposed to you know they've got what three guys now that they're sort of or, or four or more right yeah. now that that for all we know, uh, and then the last one I could see is uh, is the Rams. Um, I, I think I don't know I don't know if that's the most likely outcome, but. I don't think Cam Akers is really long for that job, and I don't. Um, I think ultimately they'll be looking elsewhere next year. So, a guy like Jacobs, I think, could be really valuable to to a team like the Rams, and probably do it on a contract that's like, friend, like team friendly. friendly. Yeah. So, I got a team here, and it's a team that Josh Jacobs actually knows really well. We keep him in the AFC West, and he goes to Kansas City. C.H. Meh. That, now we're throwing Rojo in the mix and Jarek McKinnon and Derek Gore and a bunch of other Jags. And well, wait, we lost Tyreek. That, that's a blow to the offense. We got, you know, we got Sky Moore and the Pips. Why don't we get Josh Jacobs in there, man? Why don't we why don't we really put a, a legitimate running back in that system? And let's get it, let's get it run turbocharged, running on all cylinders. Um it would it would make sense for the Chiefs, because like you guys said, he's probably not, you know, no one's probably paying him fifteen million dollars a year to come and run. Maybe the Jags would, because the Jags like to spend money, but um, you know, I think the other 30 teams involved would, would not spend that much. So I think you can get them on a good deal and you could probably, you know, sell them on the fact that, Hey, you got a good chance to win a ring here and you get to play Vegas twice a year. So you get to shove it down their throat as part of, uh, as a part of the chiefs and, uh, show them why they messed up and didn't keep you around for the fifth year option and possibly longer. So. That that was the first one that came to mind. Like, oh, why doesn't he take the the trip to Kansas City and uh, and enjoy it with uh, Pat Mahomes, who you know, maybe not the most accurate of quarterbacks, according to Tyreek Hill and you know uh, Travis Kelsey and uh, Sky Moore and those guys. So uh, yeah, but that was a that was a good one, Steve. Uh, we gave you some options, um, you know. We, you can discount Drews because, you know, Drews going to say. Miami did come to mind. They were probably my first realistic, you know, if they want to consolidate that because they're just going the way of the 49ers there. But uh, I was afraid you're going to say the Jets and you're going to send them to every other team in the AFC East except the Bills. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the Dolphins are an interesting one. But, man, uh, they, they just seem to be kind of putting together a very uh, – San Francisco uh, East Coast team there where it's like, all right, like let's just get a uh, a quarterback that's not going to kill us. Let's put some weapons around them and let's have 47 running backs and let's see how this pans out. So um, Josh Jacobs would do, do a lot of good on that team, but I'm they curious. They have if- uh, Alabama East, right, if two is still there, Waddle back. Yeah, yeah Josh that's Jacobs. True. All they need to do is get Nick Saban to give it another run with the Dolphins. The, the problem is, is that 
probably no matter where you go, there's probably an Alabama East and an Alabama North, and it, uh, so many dudes come out. I of mean, Alabama. Philly's Philly's damn near Alabama East. Yeah, that that's that's true too. They have uh, they have, replace Miles Sanders next year. They could, um, you know. Yeah, you're right. They have Hurts there. They have. Uh, they have a couple guys on defense from Alabama Devonta too. Smith, Devonta yeah. Smith, yeah, yeah, Devonta Smith. So, um, yeah, very interesting. But all right, we're we're at the uh, we're at the end of the show here. So, uh, I want to thank you, Mark, for coming on. Really appreciate it. Great time, a lot of fun. Uh, just one more time on the way out. Uh, just remind people who you are, where they can find you, and what you're up to. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Primetime Mock. I do. Uh, primetime mock an industry draft show every thursday night uh if you're ever looking to come out draft we're always looking for people from the fantasy community to to jump on uh and then fantasy fantasy football i'm accepting applications to sign up for for the reality competition i put together uh again go to my my twitter there's a pinned tweet with the video and uh and then the sign up so so uh yeah uh josh drew thank you so much for having me on i had a great time uh, man, the, ple- the pleasure is all ours. And uh, like Mark said, uh, listen, you got a little bit of personality, put it in an application, send it to Mark. You know, um, look at the clips from last year. You know, if you're like, hey, like yeah. I, you know, maybe I don't understand the concept or I want to see like kind of what was going on last year. Dude, watch the clips. The clips are good, man. And I'm telling you, it, it definitely has a reality show big brother whatever your favorite reality show type vibe to it but it's all it's all about fantasy you're doing dfs you're doing season long you know it's not just hey who's who's the best season long team who's the best dynasty player you got to kind of be well-rounded in everything if you want to come out on top and you can always just dm me and ask me questions i'm happy to do that i will be at the fantasy expo next weekend uh if you want to come find me I, i'm happy to talk about it with you then uh and uh i'll be yeah it's it's a great time i mean i had some friends who sort of joined with me and and honestly whether you're a content creator or not you just really have to love football and uh and really all i'm asking for you as far as like videos is like give me your lineup and give me a promo and then Tell me how it went, and you know it's 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 not all it's not all as hard as you think. And once you really get into it and you're involved in the league, you realize how how uh, invested you become. It makes the videos really easy. Yeah, and it's funny because I hear a lot of people they say, you know, why I, I can't get in front of a camera, I can't do this and that. And whenever someone comes to me and says that, I go, Do you have a home league? You know, your family, your friends, whatever your home league is. Yeah, you talk a little bit of trash in that league. Maybe you're playing your brother that week. You give him a look. That's all you got to do. Just get in front of a camera. Like you said, state your lineup. Tell everybody why you're going to win. The other guy or gal is going to lose. And it's it, once you think about it like that, not so much as you have to come up with a, a script or a thing like that. You just turn the camera on, go... You know, get in front of the grill. I'm gonna smoke you like I'm smoking these ribs right now. Whatever. That's like, right. That's it'll, right. It'll come. Show me. Yeah. Show me your fantasy life. Show me your football life. What do you do on Sunday morning? Like, show me your. You know, show me your prep. 
you know, you're prepped for the game day. Everybody's got a ritual, you know, take me through that. You know, it's, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for everybody's kind of fantasy life and going through that. And, and the competition just becomes, you know, you become so involved that, you know, that, uh, again, participating in the video part becomes the easy part because you're just, you're so involved in this league. Yeah, and I feel like last year you could see it where possibly there were some some rivalries being built with people that maybe didn't necessarily know each other at the beginning of of the uh, of the season, but you know you're you're in first or you're you're going you know you're trying to get that immunity and you're like ah oh, this guy has been you know first in DFS three weeks in a row. I'm taking them out this week. I'm getting them, you know, it, it, it becomes easy. So really um, take a look. Uh, like Mark said, he will answer questions if, uh, if you have them, but it, uh, it seemed from everything that happened last year, it was a lot of fun. And what else was a lot of fun was seeing everybody in the chat asking questions. Oh my God. You know, I say this every week and I'm going to keep saying it every week. I love it when we get questions in the chat. You know why? Because we don't have any time to prepare. We have a show sheet. We know what, what tweets we're talking about. We can we can prepare as much or as little as we want. But when you send that question in the chat, it's right off the top of the head. Where is Josh Jacobs going? You know, obviously Drew doesn't need any time to prepare for that. You know, <laughs> everyone goes to Buffalo in his world. But, uh, you know, it's on the spot. We don't have time to look at depth charts. We don't have time to see who's going to be a free agent and who, no, man, it's off the top of the head. It's like, all right, what do we think right now? And that's so much fun. So shout out to the chat. Um, remember if you are in the chat, you were watching this on YouTube. Remember hit subscribe, hit the bell, give us a like, leave a comment if you want. Um, you know, all that stuff is cool. It's great to interact. And, um, Listen, sometimes nine o'clock on a Wednesday, you can't make it. That's cool. You're listening to us in the podcast form an hour, and 41 minutes. It's a long time. And you stuck with us to the end. So we appreciate you too. Remember, uh, maybe you were referred by a friend. Maybe you just hit it in a search engine and you got us. Cool. We hope you like it. Hit subscribe. If you can rate and review on whatever podcast platform you use, please do that because those are also, uh, those also help us out. Uh, like I always say, tell us the good, but if there's something we can improve on, let us know about that too. We're always trying to improve. We're trying to be the best wees that wees can be. So um, on that note, Drew, uh, one more thing. We got some football tomorrow. We got some oh, yeah. football tomorrow. I'm excited. I don't care that it's going to be guys that are selling insurance in three weeks. It's still football, and I'm excited about that. And on that note, Drew, we can get out of here. Late.